You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And welcome inside another episode of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. And obviously, you know, the NFL has been the only league that really isn't on pause in terms of news and having stuff to talk about. And it's great for all of us because, like you, I'm at home. I'm stuck in this quarantine period while we're sitting here waiting for the coronavirus to finally die down a little bit. And that being said, doesn't mean um, just because we have sports doesn't mean we can't have good debates. And in fact, one of the best debates, my favorite debate when it comes to Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints is the one between Drew and Aaron Rodgers. And today, out of all days on a random Monday, April 6th, when you'll be listening to this, the NFL drops the all-decade team for the 2010s and the quarterback position. You could only pick two of them. So who do they go with the first slot? They go with Tom Brady. And I can't argue with that. And you shouldn't either. And the fact is, Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time. So there's no point for us to argue with that um, idea. But what we should talk about is the number two slot and who that should go to. Because the NFL decided it's going to go to their golden boy, the man that they love so much, even though he hasn't been the man in almost half a decade, Aaron Rodgers getting the number two slot on the all-decade team, and it has brought out a big-time debate. People arguing who deserves that spot. Is it Rodgers? Is it Breeze? And, of course, you'll have the people that tell you Rodgers has the best arm talent in the world. I don't care. I just don't care. And for anyone who says, oh, well, you know, Rodgers just throws a prettier ball, and that's what you think, well, guess what? It doesn't matter what you think! It doesn't matter what you think, because if that's your only explanation for why Aaron Rodgers is better than Drew Brees, I think we should open up this debate and talk about why Drew is the guy that belongs on that list next to Brady for the All-Decade team. And it's not just about what we've seen over the last couple of years, because if you sit there and you tell me that Aaron Rodgers is better than Drew Brees right now, and that he's been better than Drew Brees the past couple of years... I would like to know what football league you're watching because you're not watching the NFL because the last couple of years we've seen and forget about the team success because team success is what has really just, you know, skewed everyone's judgment on what makes a good quarterback. Drew Brees has been better. He's been better in terms of completion. He's been better in terms of touchdowns. He's been better in terms of quarterback rating. He's been more efficient and he has just been so good. And he's also just hasn't made mistakes that he used to back then where he'd be a little too risky. Breeze is just single digit interception uh, after single digit interception season. And that's something that's really elevated the Saints. And like I said, team success, we have to throw out the window for now. Let's just talk about who's been the better quarterback. And I tweeted this before. I know a lot of you guys saw it and I'm going to say it again. Why are we told in every sport that numbers matter, numbers matter, but when Drew Brees has the best numbers, apparently they don't matter. Like, why is that a thing where when Drew Brees, the underdog playing for the New Orleans Saints, it doesn't matter what he does. But if Aaron Rodgers plays well, let's hype him up. Or if Tom Brady plays well, let's hype him up. If you're a Cowboys quarterback, let's hype him up. Like, that's just the narrative that we've built in, in the NFL. And it's very unfair, not just to small market teams in particular. It's unfair to the city of New Orleans, who has been nothing but grateful for the man Drew Brees, who is by far the best player in franchise history. But off that tangent, let's get into the numbers. Let's talk about why Brees deserves that spot over Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk about the last 10 years worth of data. Because for an all-decade team, remember, decade, 10 years. Not what Rodgers accomplished in 2014 or 2010 or 2011. The last 
10 years worth of data, not pick your favorite Aaron Rodgers year and ask me if he's better than Drew Brees in that year because that's not how these things work. It's the last 10 years. And let's go to touchdown passes, okay? Over the last 10 years, Aaron Rodgers has had 305 touchdown passes. That's good. That's pretty good. Drew Brees has had 345. So Drew Brees beats Aaron Rodgers in that department. Interceptions, this is where Rodgers wins the day in front of all these voters' eyes because Rodgers only has 63 picks and Drew Brees literally has double of that number basically with 127. And I know you guys are probably like, oh, sh- you know, shit, why'd you say that? You know, I'm being fair. I'm not here to just completely shit on Aaron Rodgers and say that he's not a good quarterback. The man is making the Hall of Fame and he's got a rocket for an arm. But this is what we have to understand about football. What's the circumstance and who are you as a quarterback? Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw a lot of picks because if it's third and six, he'd rather throw the ball out and let his team punt than try to make something out of nothing. And that's fine if you appreciate that. And I know ball security is important in the eyes of the media, the eyes of coaches and stuff like that. But that's why it happens. You know, you can sit back and say, oh, man, he didn't throw a lot of interceptions this year. That's great. But did he actually make enough plays? And now we're starting to see that. So, you know, as we move on towards the tail end of Rodgers' career as he's 36, you realize that Aaron Rodgers actually, when he's not the same guy anymore, all the throwaways just get infuriating because you're like, okay, cool, you've only thrown five picks this year, but you're only giving me 20-something touchdowns. Back then, he'd only throw five picks, but he'd give you 40 touchdowns, and you would love it. But he's not the same guy anymore. But either way, I'll give him the interception win um, in that uh, in that department, okay? Now, let's go into yards. Rodgers, 38,165. Breeze, 46,770. Remember, Drew Brees has the most passing yards in NFL history. He has the most passing touchdowns in NFL history. But wait, oh, they don't matter. Because remember, I told you guys this, and, and I tweeted about it. When Drew Brees broke the record for most passing touchdowns, they immediately on ESPN go, well, we'll see if Tom Brady breaks it next week. Like, give the man a week to enjoy his accomplishments. And let's celebrate what he's done instead of just hype up the next guy uh, that plays for a big market. Nonetheless, let's move on to the next category completion percentage Aaron Rodgers 64.9 which is not bad Drew Brees 69.9 the man basically completes 70% of his passes and guess what Drew Brees is also the most accurate quarterback in NFL history if we go by the statistics he just continues to break his single season record every freaking year but apparently that doesn't matter remember guys numbers don't matter if your name's Drew Brees Let's go to QB rating. I found this one fascinating because everyone tells me this is where Rodgers beats everyone. So you know what I did? I rounded the numbers. And not every year number. I rounded the final number where Breeze was at 102.9 and Rodgers was in the 103 section. So both of them 103 QB rating. So the one that everyone told me, Chris, when you search this up, you're going to be like, oh, wow. You know, Rodgers just blows everyone away until you realize he doesn't. And then you realize the last four years he just hasn't been that freaking good. But we're all blinded by that idea because we all want to keep talking about Rodgers' Hail Marys and his ability to just throw on the run. Where is it? Because we haven't seen it. He he hasn't looked good. And I remember when Breeze lost to the Vikings in the playoffs, you guys all said, including myself, oh, man, Breeze didn't play well. He did not look good. He's not a good playoff quarterback. And then all of a sudden, fast forward two weeks later, and Aaron Rodgers throws up a freaking stinker where he turns the ball over four times against the Niners. But no one talked about it because it's Aaron Rodgers. We get that guy a pass every freaking day. Um, And let's continue now. Lowest win total. Their worst season. How many wins did Rodgers have? Six. Drew's worst season. How many wins did he have? Seven. Now, the argument's going to be, yeah, well, Drew Brees has had a lot of seven-win seasons. Okay, guys, let's go through every single scenario and realize why he got to that point, okay? 
I brought this up also on Twitter, and I'll bring it up again. 2012, no head coach. Sean Payne suspended. Joe Vitt suspended the first four games. The head coach is Aaron freaking Kramer, okay? And the defense doesn't have Vilma, doesn't have a bunch of other guys, and also the defense just wasn't talented. Like, forget about not having Vilma. It just wasn't a good defense. That defense broke an NFL record by giving up 7,042 yards. That's tough. And Drew Brees, yeah, he threw a lot of picks that year. I think it was 19 to be exact, but he also threw 43 touchdowns. He also threw over 5,000 yards. And that's without his head coach, his architect, and Sean Payton. And everyone just loves to say, oh, well, you know, he's a stat patter. Okay, are we kidding me right now? I could go through every quarterback and say they're stat padding, you know? And if that's the case, why do you play the game? You don't play the game to be good for three quarters and then just let up. Or you don't play the game to get blown out in three and just quit in the fourth. You don't quit. It's not stat padding. It's not. Um, And and that's what everyone loves to use as the excuse. And it's a lame one. Okay? And now let's go beyond the statistics. Because I just showed you the statistics. And the statistics, almost every single one outside of interceptions was check breeze. Check breeze on completion. Check breeze on yards. Check breeze on touchdowns. And quarterback rating was split down the middle. Now, let's discuss leadership qualities, intangibles off the field. What separates these two quarterbacks? And because if you look at the on-field, I obviously just went through it and and the differences between Breeze and Rodgers, and I get it. Both are great, and obviously I have my opinion and my difference of opinion in terms of what the NFL believes, and I think Breeze has been the better quarterback all decade. But it's not just because of on-field success, and I think that's what loses a lot of people. I think what really separates Breeze from Rodgers in my mind, I get it doesn't play with the voters and this is not what they care about, um, but it's a leadership quality. I know what I'm getting out of Drew every single week in terms of leadership. I know he's not going to let his head down. I know he's not going to point the finger. And I know he's going to expect greatness out of his teammates because he expects it from himself. What I find funny about the other one is Rodgers isn't like that. He's pointing the fingers. He's blaming the coaches. He's ready to come at someone if he has to. And I think what he is, and I know I'm going to say this, and once I say it, people are going to go, how dare you mention that name or how dare you link the two and put them in the same sentence? Aaron Rodgers is just an elite version of Jay Cutler. They have great arm talent, and they point the finger at every person, and their body language is just terrible. And I know what you guys are going to say. I'm overreacting. And it's not about saying Aaron Rodgers is Jay Cutler. I, because on-field success is ridiculous. It's laughable. One's a Hall of Famer. The other one is just, you know, married to a supermodel. That's, a, you know, that's really it. That's the best way to describe them. But if we're talking about the off-field stuff and the way they behave, it's the same dude. I mean, the, the hands on the hips, the pointing the fingers, the it's not my fault, it's yours. It's, oh, well, you know, my coaching staff's not good enough. It's never a sense of let me be accountable for my actions. It's who can be accountable because it's not going to be me. And that's why I find it hilarious. And the off-field stuff, I get it. It's not supposed to play a factor in all-decade team. It's just another reason for me why I would rather have Drew. And it's not just because of the off-field. I already told you. I think he's the better on-field quarterback as well. More efficient, more accurate, better leader. But apparently it doesn't matter, you know? When Zach Streak retired, the man cried. In his, and the reason he was crying is because he was just saying how his, you know, biggest inspiration throughout his career, was not letting Drew Brees down. The day someone speaks about speaks like that about Aaron Rodgers, please hit me up on Twitter and let me know. And I'll, and I'll discuss it on the show. I'll, I'll gladly discuss it. But please hit me up when that happens because I don't see it. I, I just don't. And let me change you know topics here. Let me change course here. 
on the Straight Up Saints podcast and, and talk about mock drafts and what might happen at the end of this month. I mean, we are approaching the NFL draft, guys. It's it's coming up quick. So I put out a mock draft the other, yeah, well, not the other day, earlier this morning, actually. And it had the Saints getting Jake Fromm in the third round. And the only reason I put it up was because I just wanted to see the reaction. It was Justin Jefferson with the 24th pick and then 88th pick, Jake Fromm. And you guys know how I feel about Fromm. I think he's limited as a deep ball thrower. I just don't know if he's that good. I think he's just another Teddy Bridgewater in the terms of that, you know, he does not lose you football games. But you're asking yourself, is he going to win you football games? That's the question. And... I believe the Saints are going to take a quarterback this draft. It's a matter of when and what the value is. And that's why that mock draft I put up is not the one I'm going to be discussing now. Because the one I'm going to be discussing now is the most recent one I just went through. And I think it offers the Saints value, but needs as well. And and, and that's why I really appreciate it. So let's just go through the picks here. Uh, my first one at 24, Patrick Queen from LSU. I don't know if the Saints are going to take Patrick Queen, and it's not because of this idea that the Saints don't like LSU players because that's just a garbage idea. It's just I don't know if the Saints might think Queen is the best player available at 24. But in the mock that I was doing, is it was either Queen or it was Jordan Love. And you guys know I love Jordan Love, but at the same time, I don't want two mock drafts to go where I'm taking a quarterback super early because I also took from with a third pick the other time around. I don't want to go back-to-back mock drafts where I'm, you know, saying, oh, quarterback needs to be within the first two picks. But I would obviously gladly take Jordan Love on the New Orleans Saints. But in this one, I go Patrick Queen. Kenneth Murray wasn't there. Um, the receivers, about the best one on the board at the time, um, it wasn't that. It was Denzel Mims. I don't really know if Mims is worth a pick at 24. So I went here with a little bit of a mix of somewhat BPA, but also need in Patrick Queen. Go to 88, and I went BPA. I want Chase Claypool from Notre Dame, big physical dude. Measurements are similar to Calvin Johnson. He is not Calvin, obviously, but he's someone at 6'4 with good speed. The Saints can find multiple ways to use him. Sean Payton could get him, you know, in the blocking game a little bit. He can get him in the slot if he needs to, could get him out wide for fade routes. Um, A lot of ways you can use Chase Claypool. He was by far and away the best player available at 88 on the board, and that's when I took him. Let's go to pick 130 in the fourth, and that's James Morgan. FIU quarterback, who I've actually interviewed before, great kid. Um, He just gets it. Really smart in the film room. He understands he's probably going to have to sit wherever he goes in his first year and learn, but he's a talented quarterback. He's got ideal size. He's got a good hand size as well. Really smart, doesn't make that many mistakes, and I think at the very worst, he could be a career backup in the NFL, and if that's what you're going to get from a fourth-round pick, well, you have Breeze as your starter and Taysom Hill being groomed, to eventually be the quarterback, I think that's a good fit in my opinion. Because remember, you need three QBs if you're going to use Taysom the way you want. Because you're one doomsday scenario from Breeze throwing a pass to Taysom and they both get hurt on the play and you have no quarterback. So you need to get a third one. I think James Morgan in the third, uh, fourth round at pick 130, pretty good value in my opinion. Let's move on to pick 169. Jack Driscoll from Auburn also spoke to him. Great guy as well. He's versatile, and that's why I like him. He can play offensive tackle. He can play offensive guard. He told me he can play center, but if you're telling him where he's going to pick, he'd rather play tackle or guard. And for those asking, well, how trustworthy are guys that can just play all five positions on the O-line? I'm going to say very, if you look at their track record. He played at Auburn. He went up against great SEC defensive linemen every single week. He held his own, one of the best against pass rushers. I like Jack Driscoll a lot. You can play him 
at the tackle position. If one of them goes down, you can put him in at offensive guard if you need to. You can put him in as a sixth lineman and swing him out. He's athletic enough. Um, I, I like Jack Driscoll a lot. Athletic, versatile, great pick. In my opinion, it would be um, in that slot. And then the last pick, Lamar Jackson from Nebraska. Not to be confused with Lamar Jackson, your reigning NFL MVP. Lamar Jackson, the corner from Nebraska. And why I like this pick as well is I see a lot of potential in Lamar. I think if you look at his numbers at Nebraska, got a lot better in his senior year. Um, he just had a sense of urgency, it seemed like. And you saw him at the Senior Bowl, which is good. So you get the Saints uh, an evaluation there. Saw him at the Combine. Uh, the Saints, remember, because of this pro day you know, stuff being canceled and players not having chances for face-to-face meetings, it's about what you have seen. And he's a high-character kid who has seen the Saints multiple times in terms of uh, availability. Not saying he met with them formally, but they they had a chance to see him up front at the, the Senior Bowl and they had a chance to see him in, at you know the scouting combine. So he had opportunities there. And he's an outside cornerback and the Saints need an outside corner um, because they already have good slot options and they need someone else in you know the scenario that Lattimore or Janoris goes down. You need another outside corner. I like Lamar Jackson. And I know a lot of you guys might get you know a little scared at that idea and go, oh, what about, you know, Stanley Jean Baptiste? Not the same player. Not at all. One was a wide receiver uh, converted into corner, and he had the ideal size, but he never should have been drafted where he was. And Lamar Jackson's a cornerback who has great experience at the position, and we've seen year in, year out, he continues to get better um, at that rate. And I think that that's tremendous value if you can get him that late at pick 203. But that's a mock draft that I really, really liked in terms of filling in the linebacker need, a receiver, offensive lineman, corner, and getting another quarterback on the roster. That would be one that I prefer. Um, I'm going to post this one on Twitter just so if you guys need to refer to it and see the value of the picks, you guys can go check it on my Twitter at Rosvogel Report. Um, but yeah, it's one that I really appreciated a lot. And if you guys haven't done them yet and you want to make your own mock, I suggest going to the Draft Network. Really fun stuff there. You pick your team that you want. Obviously, in the scenario, you're picking the Saints. You can do as many rounds. You do the, you know all seven rounds. You can just do the first round if you want. And, and you just let them make the picks ahead of you. And then you get to pick in your spot. It's a, it's a nice real-life simulation of what could happen um, You know, come the NFL Draft in on April 23rd. So it's really fun stuff there. Definitely try it if you haven't. But that's going to do it, guys, for this episode of Straight Up Saints. Obviously, it's not as long as I would like it to be in terms of content, but got to work with what we have here. And when there's stuff that I can talk about, I will put out a podcast for you guys because it's not just, you know, for me to entertain myself and have stuff to do during this time. It's for you guys. I want you guys to feel entertained. I want you guys to have Saints content on a weekly basis, of course. And I want people to be able to have some sense of optimism for the coming weeks. You know, there's too many people saying, Chris, why are you talking football? We're not even going to have a football season. We don't know that. It's it's April. And I totally get it. This is a scary situation. I'm in New York where it's been pretty bad the last couple of weeks for sure. Um, and, and, you you know, it's hard to even think positive when you, you watch the news and you read every article online. But I do think there are eventually going to be better days ahead. And I think the talk of canceling a 2020 season is a bit premature for my liking right now. But and it's not about getting political or anything. It's just, I think we should wait and see what happens. If the situation doesn't get better, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss it. And I'll talk about it on this podcast. But until then, I'm going to stay optimistic about it. And when there is content via the draft, via free agency, um, via an all-decade team, I'm going to take that chance to go on here and talk to you guys about a little bit of Saints football and hopefully make your days a little bit better. But anyway, guys, uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. I hope the, you know you stay safe during these times. 
And when more Saints content comes out, I'll make sure to put out a podcast and talk about it with you folks here on Straight Up Saints. But thank you guys so much for listening and enjoy the rest of your week.